and welcome to the Carbitrage Podcast, episode 204. I am Eric Berger, joined as always by my co-host Ryan Sinetsky, who you heard at... Oh, yep, that, that, was, that was me. Hello, <laughs> viewer, listener. Oh, I, I find myself... I think 2020 was the year of the OP for me. Yep. I don't at least cognizantly remember saying it, really, that much in 2019. Said, I've just kind of said that chronically. It. Excuse it, me, sorry. It was just totally blank and then just... It, well, no, I always used hope, but it was always in conjunction with excuse me, sorry. Yeah. yeah and it, now it's just, oh. Yeah, ah, it's oh. separate. So for me, that was 2014 <laughs> when I started working for a Japanese oh, nostalgia car. It's been that long? Yeah, well, oh, so when oh. I started writing for them, I had, uh, was trying to convince Ben that everybody in Minnesota talks like they do in Fargo. He, he wanted, because like Ben had talked to me, which mm-hmm. I'm the quintessential Minnesotan accent and vocab. Pretty much. And so... He, um, especially in that casual day to day speak. You can't do that. Um, <laughs> Should I say my microphone? <laughs> Let me just tell you about like brain space. I don't, I, I don't have room for it. But yeah, so like Ben had talked to me before on the phone and so heard me and thought every Minnesotan talked like that. So mm-hmm. Ryan just copied my accent ah. to mm-hmm. put the joke. This on poor it. man <laughs> will have no idea. He, I'm, I'm we the prepared king of him gaslighting. to come to Chicago though. So because he went to Chicago and he's like, I can understand the people. Chicago. <laughs> and I'm like, yup. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There are some similarities. But I uh no nah, I'm I'm really good at gaslighting people. <laughs> I'm just the king of that. It's his favorite hobby. And I, then he tries to get me to join. The more intoxicated I get, the more I gaslight as well. I, I just gaslight <laughs> all the time. Like if I have a chance to gaslight somebody, like I like I actively look for opportunities and they're like, Yes, I absolutely will do that. I enjoy the the word gaslighting more than I enjoy the act, but both are pretty I, good. They're both great, but the act of like Convincing people at Nissan stands is our good purchases. Like, Gaslighting like people on hilarious. marketplace is actually yeah. one of my favorite things ever, especially <laughs> if I know they're just a potato. Yeah, it's <clears> just <throat> the best thing. Uh, anyway, before we get into episode, I want to briefly talk about two things. Yes. First one, Patreon. Yes. Patreon.com forward slash Carbitrage. On this fancy old website, you will find two open-ended levels of support for content consumers like you to support content producers like us, namely hosting costs and beer. You also get some fun swag. Uh, if you want to head over to patreon.com forward slash garbage we would greatly appreciate it. If not, no big deal. We'll keep right on recording. Uh, second segment is beer. Uh, yep. I am still finishing off a massive pot of coffee, which yep. I made an error. Coffee then, products. Next episode. So listen on the next yes. one. We'll, we'll be on beer. Right now we're talking about coffee products. Yeah, I coffee. have a cinnamon dolce latte. You have a coffee that you made. And Jana has... You need to describe I, it. Just say, say your order. I have a matcha frappuccino with white mocha and oat milk. There substitute. we go. Yeah, oat milk substitute. <laughs> and um, no whipped cream. No whip. Yeah. It, it, it's an entire order. We should calculate how many syllables that order it, is. It is the longest order. You can't even order it on the app. I mean, it, that order is the graphics on a 1980s Japanese K car. Yes, yeah. <clears throat> exactly. It, it is exactly that. It's like the on the highest where it's like you look up at the moon, but the moon looks back at you. What will the moon <laughs> see? Just like the moon's just like looking at you. Um, <laughs> and what does that have to do with the car? I'm like, no, that's the addition. Yeah, that's the addition. You look that, up at the moon, the, and the moon yeah. looks back at you. Well, there's um, addition. Well, I, I showed you the. Uh, <laughs> I, I need to get this right. It's the Nissan Laurel Grand Touring Brom Super Selection Two Turbo. Yes. Is the entire thing is written out on mm-hmm. the back of the car, and like it's the size of a Cressida. 
and I'm the size of the car is based off the amount of space they need to write the badge. <laughs> the uh, across the entire rear end taillight lenses started probably just to have a unified canvas <laughs> yeah, for exactly. Japanese car naming. <laughs> but no, yeah, I'm just drinking a regular old Starbucks dark roast multi origin bean coffee made in a Maka Master in a kitty cup. That is wonderful. I that cinnamon dolce latte. It tastes like a cinnamon roll in coffee form. Like if you take a cinnamon roll, you put it in a blender, you ran it through a coffee machine. It's the flavor. I would drink one of those, but I would need a cup of black coffee to double fist with. Because yeah, I would need a, a like a, a palate yeah, cleanser between, because otherwise it just hangs too much. It's like a um, it's like a like chocolate stout Ooh, beer yeah, where yeah, it's yeah. like they're yeah. good, but mm-hmm. like you can't drink it as a beer; you drink it as a dessert. It's an oddly good metaphor. Yeah. That's kind of what this is. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Anyway, Very we, similar. Um, <laughs> I think we should do cars, though. Yeah, we should. We, should. Uh, we are starting 48 minutes after we normally start because... But we're actually recording on a Saturday again. Yes, which is good. Which Yay. is more than... It's less than 48 hours after normal like we did last time. Yeah, that's true. Wow, that was packed. It was kind of nice to take a break, but yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, so, all right, we were running a little bit late, and it is entirely my fault. And by being my fault, it's not my fault, it's Melvin Carter's fault. And if you're wondering who Melvin Carter is, he is the mayor of St. Paul, Mm -hmm. uh, who I'm blaming for this. Because, why not? The St. Paul light rail line has totally, just absolutely fucked up University Avenue. (laughs) Just, yeah, it's still, we are very much in the early figuring it out phases. Yeah, like. Even though it's been in place for years. There's like, there's some streets that should have absolutely had an overpass for the light rail. Like, Snelling and Larpenter, at the minimum, should have had an overpass. for it, though. No, when they were building it, they could have totally tunneled down for that one intersection and tunneled back up. They could have moved the stops, they probably could have. Yeah, probably. But then it's the thing. Like, this is a... We don't know what infrastructure is beneath this. I bet the, I bet they didn't do it for a reason. That wasn't They could have cost. built... Um, they could have done anything Anyway, else. <laughs> so what was the issue here? I go through this intersection yeah. a lot, so... So, you know, on, like, Snelling University, you're trying to turn left from university, either direction on the Snelling. Yep. It'll let three cars go, light turns. And, and then the stop. train goes. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So, there's... Usually about 12 cars in queue, so you have to sit there for a while. Usually it's about five minutes. It's not that big of a deal. However, what I got was let the three cars go, train light turns on, train light turns off, ambulance drives by on oh. Snelling, resets the train light, <clears throat> and not only does it reset the train light, it resets the entire cycle. Right back after your turn. Yeah, I'm sitting here like second in the row. Because the person in front of me was a beta and just didn't go. And they didn't just run the light when the ambulance went by like I would have. Because yeah. this is an entire... This is a light I'm willing to get a ticket over because I will go to court over this. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm like, I have evidence of a GPS and like I can easily have dash cam evidence of me sitting at these lights for 15 minutes sometimes. That's exactly what happened. And so, yeah, cycle goes. And it doesn't start with like Snelling or something or the turn lanes. Mm-hmm. But the train goes. Snelling goes... Uh, east-west, or not, uh, uh, Snelling, uh, University goes east-west, mm-hmm. then Snelling goes north-south, yep. then Snelling turns east-west, mm-hmm. and then it does University east, left turn, and then stops and University the east, time. and then yep. I can turn. Yeah. And so <clears throat> that was a total of 12 minutes. I look at my phone, because I've been playing this like, little Star Wars game on my phone, because... I downloaded it because I was born one day. 
and it takes me about 12 minutes to get through everything I'm 12 to 15 minutes. I played two rounds of like player versus player battles on this <laughs> while sitting at this light. And those are seven minutes a pop. <laughs> like, I, I spent a lot of time at this light. So, yeah, I apologize. And you had to sit in this eh, moderately warm room. Yeah, I, it was a little chilly when I got in here this morning. But the sun wasn't really up yet. And it, the heater's on, too, downstairs. Like, the slab yeah. is ready. It's also six below. Yeah, I mean, like, it's... And it has been for yeah. the last week and a half. That's also why... Next Friday is supposed to be beautiful. We'll be, I'll be talking about how I feel about this uh, next episode uh, with my announcement that I probably could have easily done today, but whatever. Um, but anyway, uh, it's also February, which means it's Black History Month, and I want to, I want to, I've been trying to do this every year, but I keep noticing it's February, like on the last recording of February. Not this year. Not this year. I do the first recording of February, which is like two <laughs> weeks into February, because hey, I'm trying. Um, well, we recorded the other February episodes in January. Yeah, exactly. So. It doesn't make sense to me, and I like I think about it as I'm sitting down, and I have to like figure out what I'm doing. But what I wanted to do is I wanted to highlight um, famous African Americans in the automotive world okay. that we aren't thinking about because like a lot of people like the only thing like you know like, I don't know, exhibit funk master flex like weird things like that like snake and mongoose maybe I... like if you really get into it like. Well, like, really, like, people don't think about African What about content. Will I Am's DeLorean? Come yeah, on, I know, man. right? There's Nobody really thinks about African-American contributions to the, Ameri- to the American car world, and I really wanted to, like... Oh, Modi does. Well, Modi does, but he does that in negative likes it's the Modi. Um, so what I wanted to do is I wanted to actually start out with somebody that actually is quite literally African-American. Um, Busy Israhoa. Yes. Uh, his real first name is... <laughs> There's an N in front of a D, and I don't know what to do with that. Debizzy. 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 Wait. Nyong. No, wait. Lukidin. So it's. Nyongo. So it'd be. Debizzy. So I'll read it off to the list. Nubizzy. It's Nubizzy. N D U B I S. I think it's Nubizzy. I think it's Nubizzy, because I think the D would be silent. I'm not sure. But anyway, um, they still doesn't have an exclamation mark. Well, I, I no, I can do the exclamation because that's just like it's a click. Like that makes sense. Like I got that. Mm-hmm. Um, we should we should write PC I, and I tell need, him to add that. No, I just need, I need to figure this out. Like I should have done this if I if I I should have done this at that <laughs> stupid light. <laughs> like figure out how to. But like, no, no, I had to play Star, Star Wars. Wars game. I know, right? Um, but anyway, so I want to talk about him because this is one of the people where like. Everybody kind of knows him for one thing. Like, what do you know Busy for? Uh, chemistry? Fuel? Yeah, yeah so the fuel. The fuel thing. Yeah, yeah like, well, most people know him for his 1,000 horsepower minivan. Yeah. Porsche people know him for his Porsche stuff. And Honda well, it people. depends on what era you found out about Exactly. Him. And so I In found the out, 90s, they're like, oh, he's the Honda engine builder. Yeah, so <clears throat> what I wanted to do is I want to, let's just kind of start out with, like, where he came from. Because he's actually the, his parents were both scientists. Mm-hmm. that came to America from Nigeria. Uh, he actually has a master degree in earth system sciences, which is fuel chemistry and carbon-based chem- chemistry. Um, and then he's also got a doctorate in international marketing. I did not know that he Yeah, I did not know that either. Um, <laughs> that's super cool. But so Busy actually made a name for himself in the 90s because he was that's when he like first got into drag racing. And what he was doing was... Um, 
when everybody was doing like engine swaps, they were just going, you know, B16 swap real quick, spend $7,000, instantly gets into the 13s, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, he <clears throat> actually had a 1.5 liter CRX, like mild CRX, that he converted to run on a carburetor and race gas, and was actually running like 11 second quarter miles in that. And then on top of that... Well, he like, was building single cam Fs too. Yeah, and th so that was later. But he, uh, this is a single cam D series, mm -hmm. and he was running 11s on it, with, and uh, no nitrous or anything. Everybody thought he was on nitrous and everything, but he's like, no, he's like, it's literally all motor. I'm saying it's all motor, it's all motor. And he, like, he it's had, all motor. Yeah, he held like the the quarter mile record for the 1.5 liter for like a, I might actually still stand. I don't know what it currently is, but like. Well, who's who's messing with a D15? Well, well, yeah, who's, days. yeah, nobody, nobody ever, nobody ever does a D15. And so what he was doing on top of that, on top of like delivering L's with this 1.5 liter <laughs> engine, he's also doing his homemade race fuel that, uh, again, you have to remember, he's a chemist. Mm -hmm. He had <clears throat> home brewed it to smell like grapes when he uh, would pass people. So, yeah, genius. Uh, they actually ha had to write a rule in the class that the fuel had to be available over the counter <laughs> because of that. And uh, so that's actually, it was around that time that he swapped over to his Honda Insight, uh, which he was running, because as we know, it's got super low drag coefficient. Mm -hmm. And he went to another forgotten about single cam the 1990 through 1993 honda accord f22a series engine which is non-vtec no nothing mm -hmm. like it's and the, it's the big block d series yeah it's a bi basically what it is it's a honda big block um it's 2.2 liter uh he made 350 horsepower on it uh he built it for a super street engine builder championship and then he put it in his drag racer and you ran like a 960 in it. Like he had the single cam Honda, like, like quarter mile record for like a decade in, with that. And again, it might still stand. I'm not currently up to speed on it, but in the early 2010s, like that single cam, like insight was untouchable. And about that same time, um, he was also getting notoriety for these headers he was building for prelude engines for the H22. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people in the forums were like, this, this is totally made up. Like, this, there's no way that this is a real thing. Because he comes out, and he's got this goofy-looking header that costs, like, $800 in 2008. And he was claiming it made 20 horsepower with a tune on a completely stock engine. Hmm. Like, a stock engine with, like, a Honda, like, S600 in it, like, soldered in. And you would make 20 horsepower like that. And I was like, on a Honda, you put a header on a car, you're lucky to get five horsepower, maybe. And that's like, full exhaust, mm -hmm. you might get 11. So you're not getting any that's power. That's a lot, NA, still. Yeah, I mean, like, if you're looking at a 100 horsepower engine, that's, like, that's a, significant that's a come up. huge come up of power. But also, like, that's less than half of what Busy was saying that he was getting. Right. And so people were like, we don't believe it. And, like, he was doing, he, was, he would show his dialograph, and people were still not believing him. And then other people were buying them, and they were getting very similar dynamographs. Like, sometimes, like, yeah, 15 horsepower in the car, like, 200,000 miles on it, and, like, bad valve guides. But still, like, <laughs> it's still, like, it's, like, blowing... A Honda from the 90s? <laughs> I know, right? What? No, but he's, no, like, no, no, no. you're still getting, like, insane amounts of power from these headers. Uh, and so he actually, uh, uh, of course, Honda people being Honda people, they found every reason to be mad about it, because the headers were 
being a crack because of the welding that they were doing because he was trying to keep the cost down. He would actually pay for people to ship their headers back and he'd re-weld it. Mm. Um, but it's just one of those things where it's like he really wanted to do a specific kind of stainless steel so they were more durable in the long run so it wouldn't rust. Eventually, another brand called PLM, Private Label Manufacturing, they made a version of it that used a more mild stainless steel. That was... BC was probably using 304 and they used 409. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and theirs just didn't crack. And that's why... And people went with that one. And it was like half the price. And basically, like, that's fine because this, this has been <laughs> nothing but trouble for me. And besides, I made my name here. Like, yeah. I've already... I did my, my purpose. And kind of his entire career has been him doing what people have said is not possible because at that same point in time when he built the F-22 for the racing, he was making these headers, um, AMS Turbo, which is an Evo tuner, mm-hmm. they said that Busy only built a all-motor F-series engine because he doesn't know how to, turn, how to tune turbos. And so he, of course, takes that as a personal ah. challenge. Yeah. So he buys mm-hmm. a uh, 1.5-liter Wagavan. Oh, for sake. Yeah. And so he buys a 1.5-liter Wagavan. Um, Sorry, no, it was a 1.6 because it was a uh, it was a RT four wheel drive, and he turbos it, makes 700 horsepower, passes California carb, and daily drives it. <laughs> so, and so like, he he logged like 100,000 miles on the thing, like just to prove that it was reliable to AMS and like AMS. And the reason he did 700 horsepower is AMS, they, they won the engine tuner build-off thing in, like, 2007, 2008-ish. Yeah. And they, he built this D-series to make to the, the number, like, to the exact horsepower number, mm-hmm. exactly what AMS built. And he goes, there's plenty on the, on the table left. Right. Like, I'm going to show you this. But I wanted it to be reliable. Yeah, that's the thing. He's like, I, I, he's like there's plenty on the table left for me to make, but I'm going to build this to be reliable. I'm a daily. I just approved you. And he literally dailyed it for, like... Until he built his Odyssey. And, like... I think until he built the Porsche. I think he built the Porsche first, and he dailyed that for a while. Well, no, he had the, the Odyssey. Uh, he still had the Wagavan. And, uh, like, the Wagavan was, like, being used to, like, picking up his kids from school. I re- well, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah So and, and then he replaced that with the Odyssey, and Honda gave him an Odyssey for a dollar to build. And that brings us to the Odyssey. 1,000 horsepower on that. Totally insane. Um, Honda knows, you know, busy the motos. Manual. Yeah, manual, like, Odyssey. It's just totally insane. He also built a CRZ because Honda like had this like the CRZ hybrid, which like did not do well at all. Because like no make it cool, please. Yeah, you know, like it was like that was like right in the height of Honda's era, where it's like we know better than what our enthusiasts ask for. We're not gonna do an SI put a K series. It's supposed to be a hybrid, and like they're really like trying to shove a square peg in a round hole. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, you know, Busy Moto did prove that you can make power on it. He actually made 533 horsepower on one. And it was I like, mean, that makes sense, because architecturally it's really similar just to the regular L15. Yeah, and, and yeah like, it literally was, actually. And, like, he actually did find a lot of pioneering things with L-series single-cam tuning. Like, you can actually make power on a CRZ by putting a Honda Fit intake on it. It's the same engine architecture. And so a lot of that did kind of trail or trickle into the Honda Fit community. But it's, like, one of those things where it's just, like, nobody cares about the L15 single-cam like, nobody really cared about that engine until they started putting the SI, and now people care about it. Right. So he was just ahead of his time with it. Um, and even the modern ones, the dual-verd cam, it's a completely different engine. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, he did build that, and that should be noted. Uh, today, he's actually, he has his, his um, 
Porsche that he built that you mentioned. Yeah, he built that before the Odyssey. Yeah, and that one, that was actually a really cool build because he built that with no exhaust and passed and no catalytic converter and tr- like twin turbo and passed California carb. And he used an M96 instead of a Metzger. Yeah, just to prove that that engine's actually pretty good. Yeah, like, it's just <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> and then he, he also put that into a. Uh, what do you put that in there? A 930? A 964. I think it was it, a 964. It, 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 was, it wasn't a typically water-cooled. It was an, an air-cooled car with a water-cooled yeah, engine. That's what I was saying, yeah, that's like, uh, It is a super weird build, yeah. and it's just hilarious. And now he's got his 935-style uh, EV mm-hmm. 911 that yeah. he built. That's yep. super cool. Yep. And I love that my favorite thing is, like, almost all of these cars he actually uses. Mm-hmm. So, like, the 935 he's using... Um, and then I think like, he still has the Wagavan and uses it. But. I think he's got one of because he built two Wagavans. Okay. He built a front-wheel drive one and a all-wheel drive one. And originally, that D-Series was in a front-wheel drive one, and he did a very similar build in the all-wheel drive one. Okay. Um, and he still does have his Insight. He just hasn't touched it in years. <laughs> so, Busy is definitely one of the coolest people I've ever heard of. I mean, and if, if you think about it, on top of that, like he's just like he's first-generation Nigerian immigrant, mm-hmm. uh, which is like super cool. He actually went back to Nigeria to learn uh, to get his initial uh, Earth System Sciences degree. He got that at a university in Nigeria. So he actually, hmm. he isn't just, like, totally Americanized. He actually goes back to Africa and does, like, cool stuff for, like, the Nigerian community. He also has a uh, nonprofit that he set up for uh, African immigrants and stuff to get into chemical engineering like he did. So he's actually doing a lot of really cool stuff for the community. Definitely one of the coolest dudes in the car world ever mm-hmm. and one of the, just like the biggest contrarians i've ever met so i absolutely have been a fan of busy since high school well I these engines the they just don't make power busy well jay interesting you should say that <laughs> because, it's because just originally it had 78 horsepower <laughs> and this is making 943 <laughs> yeah, but it's so. reliable <laughs> <laughs> i just love that he just does <clears throat> things that are impossible it's like hey i'm gonna take this crx i'm putting on a carburetor busy's entire life dialogue is just mic drop yeah, it, yeah, it's all he's ever done. Like he's like, I'm gonna take a CRX. I'm not gonna do a B series. So you don't need to do that. It, but if you figure out how to fit, tune this engine, you can just make power with it. And he did. That's still a Honda <laughs> engine. It's probably gonna make power. Yeah, and he's like, he's done that with everything. I, and he also has, he's done a ton of stuff with Hyundai too. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, no. So he's built like Sonatas and Elantras and stuff. Oh. That are like, yeah, he's had like he's been like, uh, like Hyundai's like in performance like technician and stuff so like he that makes a lot of sense a lot of the cool <laughs> things that in performance did uh were based off of designs that he first like did for them so like when they did when they made the sonata like really nice finally yeah and they did the turbo sonata they <laughs> actually gave him a dollar car for him to build one and he actually built it into a uh time attack car hmm. for like actually like world time attack series cool and so he actually did set some lap records with a Hyundai Sonata. <laughs> and I remember when those came out. I'm like, you were giving these people a 273 horsepower if sedan. G- Google um, Busy Moto Hyundai, and you'll actually see like some of his cool Hyundai's. So, like he's like, I've like seen him. I'm like, no way. Like, and I'm like, why would he do that? And I look in. I'm like, oh yeah, they're all. Oh for God's sake. Yeah, they're all just. They're based <laughs> off Mitsubishi, so they're like, they're yeah. actually they're capable of making power. But I just True. love that it. it's that like totally fits like Bizimoto being a contrarian. Yep. It's just. Nah, I'm not gonna build an Evo. I'm gonna build a Sonata. <laughs> I think that's an Elantra. Well, that's the Elantra, but he uh, did the he did the Sonata first. I googled the Sonata and I came up with a ton of Elantra. That's a Sonata. 
Yes, it is. Okay. <clears throat> Same color scheme? Yeah, 2015. So th this is when they still had the Evo. <laughs> like, you, you could have built an Evo, and he chose <clears throat> to build a Sonata. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's like... I, all right. I mean, the I forget the... <laughs> The actual like code name for that engine, but I think other than like the significant issues the 2.4 GDI had, which were unrelated, they're actually pretty solid. They're all their issues are based off of the um, rotating assembly design being mm -hmm. like cast. So ah. it, it's like a major issue, but like, the architecture of the block itself is actually a good block. Mm -hmm. It's just the rotating assembly is problematic, and it, that's the limiting factor on these cars. That's how a lot of people don't tune them. It's like Honda, the limiting factor is like a camshaft. Like, it's easy to replace. <laughs> My distributor is being wonky. Yeah, I, uh, oh, we'll just do a coil and plug. Like, that's easy. It's like, I need to completely tear my engine down to nothing to be able to overcome this Achilles heel. Like, that's where, that's where you run into issues. But yeah, I hear you. He also, I think he's done stuff like to like prove the reliability of them on their stock internals, too, which is pretty cool. I, I'm guessing it's user error more than a design fault. Yeah, I've noticed that. It, it, most people that, like, I know it's like, so I, I just started in the Honda community when I was like a kid. And like, I know, I mean, there's just like things that like, I've like done. I'm like, yeah, you always tune your car. You always get a standalone ECU. Like, you just do these things. And then I'm like, I go to the Subaru world and they're like, oh, yeah, you, uh, you, you put in like a, twi a 20 volt or a 20 amp like fuse here and then you're, it won't pop the fuse and then it won't blow up. I'm like, that's not a good idea. Like, that's, that's got 22 gauge wire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been fine. Yeah, and my it, Forester. Yeah, yeah. You just you run bigger fuel injectors. Do you tune it? No, you just run bigger fuel injectors. That's not how that works. What you do is you just put a rising rate fuel in, uh, fuel injector. Uh, yeah, fuel, fuel pressure, pressure regulator. regulator. Yeah, exactly. It's just like you just like trick the it. good old days. Like, what the f <clears throat> I'm like sitting here, like, I, like when I first got into Subarus, I was like, what the fucking years? No this? wonder like, they 1997. Blow up. Like, <laughs> they make these things. Use these things. Like, that's expensive. I'm like, you know what's really expensive is your shit blowing up. <laughs> <laughs> that's why every Subaru for sale is like, has a I, bad engine. Yeah, because like they always blow up. Like, I'm convinced that Subarus can be reliable. It's just Subaru people don't make them reliable. Like, it's entirely plausible that, like, you could take... I mean, yeah, there's plenty of WRX bug guys around with 250,000 miles. There yeah, are. Yeah, like, it's like the, the totally stock ones. There's plenty of them. But it's like, as soon as, like, somebody, like, tunes them, it's just like, oh, yeah, I just welded the wastegate shut. I'm like, that's a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, bro, it's so fast. <laughs> For five All minutes. All the running Subarus belong to anthropologists. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like, it's just that stock Subarus are like, some like the and most titled in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, Busy Moto should start like tuning Subs. <laughs> I, I don't want him to because I like Busy. Okay. Well, he also works with trash. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's true. Historically, he could make. Subaru's good. Yeah, like he he made the water cooled the IMS bearing engine cool. Like he, he, he could um, do anything. It would, I'd be curious because like it seems like the hard ceiling for like an EJ series engine is like 450 wheel. I would say yeah, like 650 crank is about the highest I've ever seen. Which is I've probably seen, like, like 450 couple, wheel. I've I've heard of a couple in the thousands, but it's like that thing heard of and i was it's gonna also say that's like, got to be like a billet engine yeah exactly like, it's not like a realistic one it's not like no. a thousand horsepower super but where it's like bolt-ons i think if busy did it it'd be like he would find the design flaw in that rotating assembly which is probably honestly just the case splitting apart yeah but like i bet he would make 700 horse on a well, stock case so i know on like ej 205s and stuff mm -hmm. actually the oiling of the rod bearings is problematic because um 
on the STIs, I can't remember if it's a cross-drilled or a non-cross-drilled, but basically what happens is when the engine revs higher, uh, it actually starves the rod bearings of oil. Right. Yeah. Just probably cavitates or something. Yeah, that, yeah it's, it, it cavitates the oil, so you get these little air pockets. And so AccuSump your Subaru and maybe it'll survive. Yeah, and that's the thing. Is I'm sure Busy would just like find a way to do it. It'd, it'd be like some stupid, like super simple fix. Like, what he's I did like, is I made a new oil pump. No, it wouldn't even be that. Like, I have this additive. <laughs> <laughs> I made it out of this stuff under my sink. Grape power. Yeah. <laughs> it is great because then you do your oil change, your oil, it smells like cherries. <laughs> Busy secretly started Royal Purple. Yeah, seriously. It all great. used to have grape scent. No, that's not true. Uh, all right, I so switching. a lot of legal jargon. Yeah, so thing. switching topics briefly. Um, it's kind of EV related, but now that we have a new president here, uh, stuff like this is going to start to show up, and it's relating to not just EVs, but I'm pulling a snippet of some new legislation that got introduced two days ago. Okay. And what I'm focusing on is the electric vehicle purchase tax credit so this has been a thing historically it was a $7,500 tax credit for a battery electric vehicle or a $3,500 credit for a plug-in hybrid before okay. uh, limitations where you could sell up to I think it was I don't know 600,000 units or something like that and once you hit that your credit would go away the following quarter so Tesla hit that in 2016 okay. General Motors hit it in 2017 so they kind of are drawing a short stick right now because they've got to offer a better product. Is, is it corporation or is it company? Company. So, like, so, Cadillac, General Motor, uh, Chevy, like, all under that so one. So, w- what they could do is, like, GM could totally just get around this. Currently, by being like, Bolt, like, Volt is its own brand. Announce the Bolt is its own brand. You no, can buy them it, at the Chevy dealership. If it's not a General Motors corporation, yes. Oh, so it, it, so it is corporate. Then. Yeah, GM okay. Okay, is yeah. one thing. That's what I was wondering, because like, I wasn't sure if it was like Mark, where it's like, no. you know, Acuras so like, and then Honda's. Geely's or Geely, however you pronounce Geely, it. Yeah. Like, if they sold oh, enough Polestars, yeah. they're done. Yeah. But they won't, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Feb was full if uh, 16 kilowatt hours. Oh, I did not know that. Okay, so Scott's correcting me. The original tax credit was if you had a plug-in hybrid with a battery capacity over 16 kilowatt hours, oh, okay. you got the full tax credit. It's 200 before, now it's 600. There is so much verbiage in here, I'm, I'm sure I'll screw it up, so hopefully he corrects me. Um, but the new one, it's really interesting, and to Scott's point, no outlets have covered this part yet. They have a provision for used EV purchases oh now. Okay, so that's actually really cool, because I don't require, want a new one. They require your income to be fairly low, 70000 per household in certain circumstances, or 60000 per household, and I'm, a lot of others. I and, can make my Or <laughs> single, you know, like... Jointly, you guys probably qualify for this, but alone you might not. Well, no, uh, I mean, or thirty thousand alone. I, I, so that's the thing is like it depends on like if I write three cars per day versus four cars, then I will qualify. Right. If you guys <laughs> file jointly, you would qualify. Oh, okay. So, but if you're, if you're alone, it's sixty. If you're alone, it's thirty or forty. Oh. But if you're together, it's sixty or seventy. So you have to you have to be working poor to really get the use. Yeah, but this is designed to get. That's actually electric, really cool. Use that's electric good. vehicles yeah. into the hands of low-income families, which, let's be honest, that's a great idea. Yeah, that, that's awesome. That's exact. And plus, like, there's a lot of, like, EVs that are, quote-unquote, cool. Mm-hmm. And a lot of luxury vehicles where, you know, instead of owning your Escalade, you can get the Tahoe EV mm-hmm. or the Tahoe Hybrid. Well, I mean, just I think, a, think about, think like, all these version city dwellers living paycheck to paycheck in their rental, and they've got this, like, clapped-out GMT 350. I'm like, yeah, go buy seriously. a used Leaf. The government will give you potentially $2,500 yeah. towards your $6,000 car. That's a great idea. And, yeah. like, you can still finance something like that. So that's This is wonderful. That's, 
like I I couldn't believe because like I got sent this link by Scott. Well, plus there's a lot of cool this week like, and like all the Mercedes and stuff like that. That Fiat 500e, yeah. all well, the stuff qualifies. I'm, I'm thinking of. I'm also putting into context. Um, I'm a, I'm just gonna say like, hip hop culture where the luxury vehicles, SUVs, stuff mm. like that. You have those are considered cooler. Like, and th- that's like the cool thing to get. So Whereas, the B class like, EV then. That's what I was thinking. It's like <laughs> yeah. things like the B class. Um, I'm not sure if Cadillac. What was the, the Cadillac? E- the, the ELR. Ca- the Cadillac version of the, um, of the Volt. I just said it. It's, that, it's, it's the ELR. The ELR. I, I can't remember. They're all it's just fine. They're, they're, they're number soup or way soup. too expensive. Oh, I don't know they? why I okay. looked into it, but they're stupid expensive. They're like almost twenty grand, and a Volt is like. Six. But I mean, still, Volts will be all over the place. This, which is, is good, because Volt is a great car. And I, th- these like, are Bolts this even is, they're sub ten grand. Yeah, I think like if you want to talk about like a way to be upwardly mobile, mm-hmm. if you have a reliable means of transportation that's fuel efficient, like nobody talks about this. But if you're talking, about, if you're looking at a truck, mm-hmm. and your truck gets nine miles per gallon, so it's not nine times three, and then. You're not gonna. Your grocery store is not near your house, Mm-mm. so it's gonna be a ten mile drive. Yep. So it's to be at least a gallon of gas. It's to be four three dollars, four dollars like to get. Easily costs eight dollars. Yeah. Round trip. Like, yeah, and that's before you even get to the grocery store. No, that's round trip. Well, I mean that that's before you. The right. Money. But that could just be your work commute and like. But if you well, don't well, what trips. I mean before you get there, I mean it's like before you account for the amount of money you will spend in the grocery store. Is you have to account for this will be eight dollars to get to the grocery store mm-hmm. and back. And then that's eight dollars out of my food budget. That's eight dollars out of my bills. That's eight dollars out of my credit card. Out of student Even loan. Out of anything. When I had the FJ, I was conscious to not drive it down here unless I needed to. Because yeah. it was eight dollars and sixty cents on cheap gas to oh, drive yeah. that thing down it's, here. It's insane. Like when I drive the Fiat here, I put on sport mode when I get on the highway and turn it off the second I'm on the highway. It's not going to change your fuel economy. It just it makes it worse actually. to drive. Well, it shouldn't. It, well, so when I'm driving seventy miles per hour. At 3,000 RPM, it does actually drop the boost that it makes. Hmm. That's dumb. Yeah. So More no, boost. Well, no, I mean, lower boost. More boost m- all the time. But that 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 gives me worse Should fuel Should have bought economy. an NA car if you care about that. Well, that's they why I like... They get, like, 5 MPG better, so... I know, but, I mean, it's nice to... Actually, 10 MPG better if you include sport mode. Because it's, like, a 5-mile-per-gallon difference. Right, you get, like, 27? I get 27 in sport mode, and then I get, like, 30... Out of sport mode. It's a noticeable Right, but you've only had your car in the winter. That will get significantly better in the summer. And and that's also, like, that's a noticeable difference. Yeah. I mean, and that's, like, even for me, like... I I still think that's mainly coming from, like, just moving maps around. I don't think that's actually cutting boost. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure exactly what it does. I do know that it does limit your boost, though. That's one of the things it does. That is dumb. I do know my Sienna makes, like, 21 MPG, which isn't a ton... But it's still I pretty good for how big it is. The same, uh, like, because I'm always driving down the site. I once rode with my friend Chrissy, who has one of those, who had one of those big trucks, trucks that yeah. like drinks gas, and she was like, "Oh yeah, so this is what gas was for the weekend. If you can give me a portion of that." And she said the total was like two hundred dollars, and I'm like, for me, it's like sixty dollars. Yeah, like, it, it like, adds up even with cheap gas. I mean. And so like, like, I couldn't. Like, I was, my jaw dropped to the ground when she told me how much gas costs for her. But, I mean, to elaborate on that, I mean, in city limits, which is, like, predominantly where these are going to sell. I mean, like, you look at what these people drive, and it's it's something they can buy cheap, which is not a fuel-efficient vehicle. And trips add up. And if you use it, even a level one charger will get you 
30 or 40 miles of range a day, which is way more than these oh, wow. people will typically yeah. do. Yeah. It's, and like you said, they're huge. very reliable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like if you give somebody reliable transportation, the quality of life boost alone, not to yeah. mention just like, the, I don't know, people, there's been studies and you can twist them however you want, but just like the, the complete lack of NVH like makes people less stressed out. Yeah, seriously. And it's yeah. just like, oh, okay, well it's maybe. It's just like a public, how reliable public transportation does with people living in the city too because like you know in minneapolis we have an okay public transportation system but it's pretty good within the united states our public transportation is nothing compared to like europe like oh well, yeah but that's not funded by the government like it is in europe. yeah but it's just like and yes the poorest should drive evs that's that's correct and so this also like kind of leads like we said the reliable thing like evs are more reliable which is huge and um yeah there's what, less maintenance too yeah and so back as working at good karma we would get regular at least twice a week we get somebody from northwest minneapolis north loop mm -hmm. um usually african-american person bought a very very cheap audi that they oh, thought was yeah. cool yeah um and they you know they hear about reliable foreign cars and like the, i don't know how this is I don't like, know how that misnomer gets perpetuated, but this is another thing that's like really perpetuates is like a perpetuated misnomer is that American cars are reliable and foreign cars are not, or foreign cars are more reliable than American cars. Weird things like that where it's like when you just lump like all foreign cars versus all American cars, where it's like all cars can you, be you crap. just you cannot say that. Like no. I can't even say Japanese cars are more reliable. I say generally speaking you're more likely to find a reliable Japanese car than you are a reliable German car. Yep. But I cannot... Like, there's so many... Bad. Like, well, there's just so many qualifying aspects of that sentence. I, I can't just, like, rattle that off. I bought Oh, yeah, Yikes. Like, that, that's not a good car. <laughs> like, and so one of the things I would do is just, like, it, it was so difficult to be like, well, I want a reliable German car. Well, you have to get specifically a manual 2012... Volkswagen Jetta f uh, five-cylinder, 2.5 liter. It's a, that will be your reliable German car, and you need to sell it before it hits 150,000 miles or reaches 20 years old because it, then you start running into wiring issues. Or you find a six-cylinder manual BMW, or you buy... And even, you have to get like so specific with, yeah. like, Which with is German why, cars. And people don't listen to that. They'll be no. like, oh, buy a BMW. Okay, I did. Yeah, I bought then, a then 320i. Got a 750. Oh, yeah, like, no, they got, 750 like, is fine compared to a 320. I'm a, a Bengal. Like, but, I mean, it's still, regardless... Like, Way more reliable than a 320. Regardless, uh, they buy a shit pile. <clears throat> yes. And so what I usually a say... A with cam crank what, correlation yeah, codes. Like, what I, what I end up saying is, like, you know what, just get a Lexus. Yeah. I'm like, it's a Toyota. It's going to be reliable. It's going to be luxurious. It's going to, you know, it's really luxurious. Starting is in getting the in your car and your automatic climate control works and your car isn't dragging on the ground. Mm -hmm. Like, you want to know what's really luxurious is not having the left front corner of your car collapse while you're on a date. Like, and that's actually what I said to a guy. And he ended up selling his uh, Touareg that he bought, and he bought a Lexus like ES350, like a front-wheel drive Camry yep, thing, whatever. Fine. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. The dude was so thrilled. And he ended up coming back for like every oil change. Like, you know what? It wasn't a Volkswagen. It wasn't a Subaru. <laughs> but we had a customer for life because the, the dude like was thrilled. Like, his girlfriend didn't dump him. Like, <laughs> that was actually a thing. Like, she straight up, like, when his truck broke down for the last time, she made him walk home. 
Correct. Like, I'm like, dude, you need to get a Toyota. Like, just get yep. this trust me. You get if, the Lexus. If you need to count on your vehicle. Are there any EV Lexuses right now? Um, no, they they had mild hybrids. But yeah, no they, yeah, they, they haven't. CT200 and the. And that wasn't even a mild one. That, that's the one you like, the CT200H. Yeah. It was mild. It was not a plug-in. Yeah. Um, the RX. The uh, hybrid, yeah, they had mild. that. They had a hatch, a sedan based on a Corolla, and the RX, and I think a GS as well. But yeah, but I mean, those are all mild hybrids. Yeah, so none of those would qualify. I don't think they had any prime. But I think yeah, as soon as uh, th- this is gonna be, I think like right now it's gonna be a little tight for getting. Yeah, UX is actually probably their first EV or yeah, that's, uh, that's coming. Uh, so I, right now, I think that this is gonna be of some help for like getting like volts and stuff into like lower income hands but i think in 10 years it's going to be really important well this probably won't be around in 10 years but short term as long as people can find out about this which yeah. so far i don't know no. how they're going to well, and the other thing is is like getting it into people's hands like it, it only takes a few people like 20 years ago mm-hmm. you know only a handful of people were and we're driving Audis in you know, poor neighborhoods. Well, I mean, in this this yeah. wave of they're going to be third owner low yeah. range EVs and exactly. FEVs now. Like they're getting so cheap. Like you can buy mm-hmm. one without a credit easily for five. Bill grand says now. until twenty twenty six. It's not going to be ten years. Always six years. That's going to be enough for the. Like, is that for the used credit? That's got to be for the used one, right? Because yeah, so the new yeah. the new one's tiered. I think that's, said that's it was still going to be helpful. Two hundred thousand really units, helpful. and then it starts dropping until they hit six hundred thousand units, and then it goes away. But still, I mean, like for Mark, he's buying another new Tesla later yeah. this year. He'll be able to probably use this, That's which great. is pretty cool. Good for him. Um, so, actually, I want to talk about uh, new EVs as well. Okay. Because I want to talk about REE Automotive. If you click on their name. I will. Give me just a moment. It is actually REE Automotive. <laughs> is it rotary engine something automotive? No, they do oh. EV stuff. Um, and what they do is they make these skateboards. Okay. Um and they're actually going public, which is pretty cool. So they're actually uh, apparently going to have... They've got some... En- enough, like... It's not vaporware? Yeah, it's not vaporware. It's enough of an actual company to go public, which you don't have an IPO unless you actually have a viable product. Uh, and unless you really want to just, like, completely tank your company immediately. <laughs> so I'm really excited to see that. Uh, this is also an Israeli company, which is cool. Cool. Um, so, yeah, Jewish people doing things. Uh, we don't just do your taxes for you. Um, well, do you, I mean, it's Israel. There's also Hello, Max Weinstein. Jewish people involved, I assume. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. But, I mean, <laughs> it's also Israel. It's what Jewish people are known for. FC Israel. did a podcast with this company, I think. Oh, interesting. But what I'm actually really excited for is that this is a uh, car-based skateboard platform that isn't a truck, most importantly. And so I'm very excited because this is going to be great for coach building. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited, so excited for the time when technology gets good enough where you don't have to have a skateboard with thickness in the middle, so you can mm-hmm. actually have a low-riding vehicle. Because um, if you look at things like the Polestar, it, it's a good-looking vehicle, but it's very clearly dictated styling language yes. based around the thickness of the battery cell. Oh, I yeah. thought this was like an actual skateboard, and I was like, why is it oh, so big? Oh, no, I'm sorry, no, they just call it a skateboard. Yeah, they're, they're called <laughs> skateboards because it looked like that. I'm so confused. Because he was talking to me about this <laughs> the other day, and I thought he was talking about an actual skateboard. A coach-built skateboard? Yeah. Oh, okay. Interesting. <laughs> So this, not only is it a skateboard, but it's split into quadrants, and each segment, if it's damaged, is just unbolted, and a new that's, segment is oh, bolted yeah, in. That, that, I think that's super cool. Also talking about, Racing like, teams came up with this a long time ago. I think, mm-hmm. in fact, it's even in Ford versus Ferrari. They figured out like, it's way quicker to just have an entire suspensionist corner, yeah. corner mm-hmm. assembly, and then you just bolt it on. Mm-hmm. For, it was for brakes. They decided it was easier to change all like, the shock 
bolt makes everything four bolt. for brakes. Have it four bolts quicker. instead of, yeah. And this will be cheaper and there's less risk. You know, if you have a, a shunt in your car, like, well, I don't know how far the damage went, so this will replace all of it. Mm -hmm. Well, also, I mean, if you think about how much more time consuming it is to repair mm -hmm. EV stuff, like actual electrical stuff than it would be a, a mechanical for now, repair. anyway, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, as opposed to, like, replacing a, a strut. Or replacing an axle or a diff. All that like, stuff's the same, though. But well, I mean, it, it. What I'm saying is that these are things where like you can rebuild a diff in, like in an hour easily once you remove it. Whereas like for a mechanic, it might be more difficult. It can be harder to source parts. What you can do is you can have a loaner corner, mm -hmm. like at your shop. Like here, we'll give this to you. Don't crash it. <laughs> give I us mean, your insurance, and you can drive your car while we fix your thing, and then we'll give it back to you. I mean, it's still probably fairly labor-intensive, so... But, I mean, that's the thing, is, like, it, it's one of those things where if you have a larger repair, like, say something like, what this would be the equivalent of is, like, something like an engine-out repair, you have to, like, rebuild the engine, like, mm -hmm. this is basically, here, here's a loaner engine to put in your car. Or even, like, like a cab-off service for yeah, a truck, because, exactly. I mean, you will have to pull the body off to get yeah, to that. Yeah, and so, like, these are things where, you know what, instead of having this car take up space at our shop, we can just give them this, this loaner corner and then send it out the door, and then we can have less overhead at our shop. Which is me kind of cool. Scott's saying no motor hump, but there are two very clearly visible motor humps in the back. Yeah. Either and way, I mean, it's still very low profile. I don't think that would really intrude in space where you actually care. No, not at all. But I mean, I mean, it's also kind of where you would put, like, a seat. Or and considering something. this must have at least some crash safety uh, thought put into it, I'm guessing. Yeah. I mean, the thickness it looks like is probably sufficient. And the fact that that might actually help for your... Like, if you were to coach build something on this, yeah. maybe you'd be grandfathered in and not have to do as much for crash I think, safety. I think that's another thing. Well, also with coach building, I mean, you're buying the base car. Mm -hmm. And so, like... Yep. So, how Zagato gets around it is the car is crash-tested as an Aston Martin Vanquish or something. Sure. Um, it's got a VIN, man. Yeah, it's got a VIN. <laughs> it's a Vanquish. Well, now you're choosing to modify it. So it, whatever you do is your problem. It's right. like as long as it's like putting a body kit on your car. A body kit might be less safe. but The I rules mean, are always funny because you look into it and it's like you need to maintain the firewall and the headlight buckets. I'm like, oh, okay. All right, yeah. easy. We'll just ship you those in a bag. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so like, I think it, with like coach building here, is, uh, I think it's really cool for the future of luxury cars or performance cars or things like that for mm -hmm. just car culture is you can really bring back a lot of the customization that people are fearing that you're going to lose. It's like, oh, everybody has to drive a box. Like, no, you don't have to drive a box. Like, right. actually, it's more than the 1950s where everything has, like, 150 horsepower maybe. But now, And your mods will fit a ton of different models yeah, too. Yeah, and then now... So incentive for exactly. third parties to produce. Exactly. Like, everything's got, everything makes more or less the same outpower. And everything is now a platform that you can easily modify. Like, mm -hmm. in 1950s cars, like, because nobody cared about lead poisoning. Like, yeah, I'm just going to take these, like, Lincoln Continental headlight buckets and stick it on my, like, Tri-5, and then I'm just going to put it on with a bunch of lead. Oh, like, yeah. It's, just like a, it's, it's, not, it's not good for you. Stunning how long leading was a thing. Yeah, I know, right? Oof. But, I mean, like, it's one of those things where it's like, well, now you can actually go and do it. And with 3D printing, like, that's, mm -hmm. like, the modern leading. So you can only like 3D print like different like body panels and stuff like that. So I think it's gonna be really cool, you know, to see what this technology is gonna do 20 years in the future. Yeah. I'm very very excited for the future of the automotive world because of this. And uh, yeah, now it's uh, actually a publicly traded company, so it's a real thing. So perfect. Well, I hope it actually survives. 
I'm sure it will, and we'll probably even see skateboards in the next 20 years, because, I mean, the first GM skateboard concept was probably almost 20 years ago now. Yeah, so I'm, we'll, we'll continue to see them. Again, I keep getting excited about <laughs> skateboards. Well, I mean, there are electric skateboards, which are uh, terrifying. Yeah. yeah, the boosted board that Tom has. Like, no, you, that's, the, you, that's you. That's that's you. Like, I, I've already lost enough of my teeth. <laughs> I need to lose more. <laughs> Anyway. anyway, my next story doesn't have a link. I uh, I was just browsing through Reddit of all places, mm-hmm. and uh, I was looking does. for topics just because that's what I do in the mornings before podcasts. And I, I came up with something that I just wanted to read because it was an interesting um, headline. It's like, why is premium fuel so much more expensive than regular now than it used to be? And I'm yeah, like, that's a good point. Because like back in the day when I was driving in high school, I'm like, mid-grade was 8 to 10 cents more than regular, and then it was 8 to 10 cents more usually, yeah, really usually for uh, premium. And then I was reading through the comments. I'm like, oh, it's actually really interesting. And a lot of it was down to, like, well, if you look at the percentage difference, it's actually pretty much right. But, like, oftentimes now I'm seeing premium a dollar more mm-hmm. a gallon than so regular. these are my two theories. One, the additives in it mm-hmm. is that you can make a 87 octane equivalent gas that just works for your Mirage. Mm-hmm. But then you get something like a Corvette that requires a 91. Well, that 91 requirement is much more strict. And so you don't want people, you know, to have a older car, like a Testarossa or something. And then you put in there your fuel and it's got all sorts of crazy additives and it starts pinging constantly. Even though it says it's 91, maybe those additives don't work. And I think something. the premium is more likely to have the additive package. Well, I mean, like, well, they all have additives, but it's exactly which ones. Mm-hmm. That's one of them. The other one is... Um, fuel base oil is more expensive than it was when we started, or I guess not anymore. I guess it doesn't make it's sense. That throws that, that, right that, that one that, that kind of throws right my, now. It's a good question because gas is about the is, same price as my, it was in high school. I guess my argument would be like maybe premium is more profitable. I'm sure it's that, and I, I, think, I think you're onto something with additive packages. Yeah. I think it's just like they did in 2008. All the gas prices went up, so that margin increased. Yeah, and they just never changed it when it came back down. Yeah. And then another one's ethanol content, which has continued. Yes. The pricing's different, and it's oftentimes a lot of premium stations, at least in the Midwest here. The 91 or the premium yeah. is a non-ethanol fuel, and that's that, going to cost more than the subsidized sorry, ethanol. I'm, I, I'm um, out of control. That's fine, <laughs> but. And, and to go along with that, one of the comments, and I, I have no idea, full disclosure, if this is accurate, but they said mid-grade fuel is actually mixed at the pump. It's mm. You you have two underground tanks, there's oh, a regular yeah. and there's a premium, and mid-grade literally just takes a 50-50 split. That which, makes sense. It's, it's like the chocolate swirl at McDonald's. <laughs> yes, it is, <laughs> actually. <laughs> it's a very strange analogy, mean. but... Also, uh, speaking of... Uh, and yeah, they hope you don't look. The sign only shows the regular fuel price. So that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, that's a very good fuel point. Fuel stations have different um, costs for premium. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to talk about IKEA for a second. Okay. Have you noticed that they're... Have you ever had their soft serve? No, I don't like ice cream. They have the best vanilla soft serve uh, I've that's, ever it's had. It's not because it's frozen yogurt. Oh, sorry. Oh, it, but regardless, okay. frozen yogurt is the best vanilla frozen yogurt. Because it's like Ben and Jerry's. They just pack in extra flavor. Because, like, Jerry can't taste anything, so they just pack in flavor until he can taste it. Um, but, like... <laughs> this is so weird. 
Okay. Wait, yeah, I mentioned McDonald's, and I'm, I'm about. To, we just went to IKEA the other day because to get their their Swedish meatballs, which are like super cheap. Yep. No, I, I buy those. And I, was, I was having a terrible day, so Jana got me some of their froyo, and I'm just like, this is like my favorite froyo. Like, I will, like, not go to other froyo places because I know IKEA exists. I'm gonna get vanilla mm-hmm. anyway, and this is the best vanilla. It is so delicious. A couple of years ago, and I'm like, I, I stand by. I'm not a big ice cream fan, no. but in the middle of the summer, McDonald's introduced like 39 cent small vanilla cones. Every time I went, I would get one, and yeah. on a hot day, like just generic vanilla soft serve is amazing. I, it's this, vanilla is so underrated as a flavor. It really is. <laughs> like. I will defend it to the death. I will defend vanilla ice cream and cheese pizza because there's nothing to hide behind. Yeah. Like if you ever it's want, like buying a burger at a fancy restaurant. Exactly. Like if you are going to a Chinese restaurant, you get the orange chicken. You get the most simple thing on the menu, and mm-hmm. if they can get that right, you know it's a good restaurant. Yeah. See, Not, as yeah. being lactose intolerant, I want flavor in my ice cream because. Yeah, it's you're gonna have to important. like. It's not. I sure. Yeah, yeah. You, you have to actually like. You, like it, it's gonna. Small quantities are very intense. But, and then nice cream. <laughs> That's what I call it. Nice nice cream? It's it's Minnesota ice cream, uh, or I call it nice cream. I like Um, that name. Their name is MN Nice Cream. Yeah, so we call it nice cream. Um, They have the location in Northeast, and then they have the location in Stillwater. And they, uh, because they're in Northeast, they'll do, um, like, I think they're all Mm dairy-free, but they specifically will do, like, vegan vegan and so i can have their dairy free but it's just like it's not their dairy free isn't vegan it's just lactose free Mm -hmm. so like it still makes my stomach a little upset but they've been having oat milk substitute ice cream lately so and they'll do like that nice yeah (laughs) oat milk substitute ice cream and then they had straight up charcoal chocolate so like dark chocolate soft serve and you mix those together you get the earthy flavor uh, that was so, so good. good. And my stomach didn't hurt. It was fantastic. <laughs> oat milk vanilla ice oat cream. Oat milk substitute. Yeah, oat milk. Oat milk substitute vanilla <laughs> ice cream is delicious in of because it, it you get yeah you get the I nuttiness. I think it depends on what like, it's mixed it's with. It's really good. Like it's, it's really, on its really own, good. that that earthy flavor doesn't work for yeah. me. But if it's mixed with something else where it's supposed to have that, yeah. I think it, it can. Especially it, it can the really charcoal dark, dark chocolate, because that also has an earthy flavor, and they'd melt together perfectly. Like, that was my favorite, and they only did it at the Northeast location, because we I went to yeah. Stillwater once, <laughs> they didn't have that, yeah. and I was like, I gotta have this, and they're like, oh, that's only at our Northeast location. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to Northeast. <laughs> so, um... They do have a blue moon fa- flavor, though, Ooh. in the summer. I would try that. You know, that actually sounds excellent. One of... The um, worst things I've ever had at IKEA is actually uh, their earthy potato chips because they have a pickled mushroom yeah. potato chip. It was all they had. I tried one. It was awful. And so I then got, I'm like tasting oh, dirty, it's bad. dirty so mold. It, in my it's mouth exactly right now. that's a very accurate description. So what I did is I brought to good karma, and I'm like, I just left it out there, and I just like took potato chips out of the bag and put them on a plate, mm. and I just put them in front of the microwave. And then every few minutes, they're oh god. Well, it's funny because like he when didn't eat He didn't go out to buy like he doesn't like potato chips, but I do. So he got these potato chips, thinking I'd like them. <sighs> well, and I, I didn't look at the, I didn't look at the, the and thing. I didn't look like, at it, them. It cannot possibly be like who puts together a flavor combo that bad. The worst, the like, worst I was thinking was maybe dill. Like I was thinking, I'll right, be dill. Fine, but like just. Yeah. By, what was wrong with oil and potato mushroom. slices? But that's the thing, like, that's 
dill is like that's Pickled the worst. Mushroom powder. Yeah, I don't want chips. no. Just like just keep potato chips. But I mean, like chips. that's the thing is like if you Dips if if you whatever. get potato chips, like the worst possible thing you can get is like dill. Like that's like the worst that I can get. Like anything is like, and that's like totally fine. Like there's not like it, potato chips usually don't go completely insulting like that. How did we get from mid-grade fuel pump mixing to IKEA to mushroom potato chips? Because IKEA and it, it's like they're mid-grade mixed uh, froyo. But anyway, <sighs> that's the worst potato chip in the world. And um, IKEA actually does a lot of online shipping, which now gives me the weirdest, longest segue. Okay, I should have had faith in you. <laughs> which gets me the ridiculous we were both tangential like, where segue. Where are you getting, Ryan? <laughs> With my really weird segue to where I work, bring a trailer now has shipping. I saw this, and that's very exciting because a lot of people do not want to deal with shipping. No, yeah, and that's really, really nice. Um, can there's they, some places. Can they ship the hearse I really want from Portland? Sure. Oh yeah, Jan found a perfect like '96 oh, like Cadillac oh, Fleetwood hearse. Oh god, it's really I want cool. It so bad. It's got it the LT1 in it. just got decommissioned, so it's super spooky. It's got thirty thousand <laughs> miles on it. It's got an LT1. It like somebody needs to give me four thousand dollars. That is so cheap. I know it's. It, it's can we can we have a crowdfund get Jan her hearse, please? You know, Time to start up a Twitch. Yep. <laughs> it's based off the Roadmaster, so you know yeah. that you can just plug in a C4 Corvette ECU and just like gain I power. I will be starting up an OnlyFans <laughs> to like get your hearse. Yes, exclusively. <laughs> I will be... have a hearse by this summer, and that will be my summer project. But anyway, yeah. So oh now we've got uh, shipping on Branch and it's like yeah, the first thing that happens like the, within an hour they had like. They they launched it at, at like 11 a.m. on like Wednesday last week, and by like noon, when we had our company meeting, they had like 600 quotes that had already been run without even before they even posted about it. Well, I think that's just, great because you're cutting out like yeah. people having to go to U-Ship that uh, having to go to like Montway. Like yeah. the, getting shipping quotes sucks, and also all of those companies are extortionists. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, so if you've got a, a for sure dollar amount that you'll ship this car for, even if it's a little higher than a regular and transaction. Some of them are. It's, it's entirely based off where it is. Fine. Like, yeah, I had as a, it should be. I had a, fi- I had a uh, five series in Boca Raton, Florida okay. that I had listed, or that I had written. We're going to quote on it. It was like, for a closed shipping thing, um, it, hmm. We would with, like to know yes. if bring a trailer has a guarantee. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> personally don't know uh they i do better. know that our partner mm-hmm. that we work with they we because we don't do our photography or the actual shipping we partner with other companies that do that okay and the company that we work with we like they actually did their research on they went through a lot of different uh potential partners and so they actually found the one that's the most trustworthy because it's one of those things it's like you know we're gonna put it on our website it's gonna be something that's actually going to be a reliable thing so i think that i'm not sure i think the drivers are probably independent drivers i'm sure they are yeah but i as think long that the, as the company itself that we work with is reputable well so. even still um typically these quotes will come through you'll at least pay a down payment usually you'll still pay up front before your car yeah. actually gets collected the problem is when the driver delivers your car they independently claim they never got the down payment yeah. from the company and, so that, and they extort you. I, I the can't. The was sold. Oh, I'm sorry, sweetie. There There's, will be more. There will be more. Oh. Um, but I, I would like to know some 
direct I feedback on that. I will let because you know that as soon as I know. I cool. will actually uh, ask about that. It's a good question that. to bring up. Yeah, and I'm sure that'll just take feedback from actual transactions happening. And too, I, th I think that's yeah. the thing is because um, it's very common. Scott and I have both been extorted by shipping. And there's also this other thing is where, like with our photographers and stuff, when you put the bring to our name on things. Because we we generated 600 quotes in an hour with that before we even mentioned publicly that we had done it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> like when when you start doing things like that, well, the company clamps down on the quality of their drivers. Yeah, you had some trouble with photographers, right? And that yeah. company just straight up fired the photographer. Yeah, they just had different photographers come in, to quit using that photographer. Yep. Done. Yeah. I mean, like I said, BAT has a lot to lose, so they need to do it right, and but the, I'm sure they well, will. more importantly, the company that we work with has a lot to lose, too, because yeah. they're, you well, it's know. It's guaranteed business with yeah. high-caliber clientele. Yeah, and so some <clears throat> some of the quotes, uh, it's really based off, like, the location. Like, I had a car in Boca Raton, Florida, for a closed shipment for a five series. is like, 2500 bucks to, like, Minnesota. Yeah, that's a long distance, and yeah. it's an enclosed carrier. It, but, like, a, an open carrier is, like... 1200 I think. That's still pretty yeah, good. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah. the range you're looking at for open carrier for 1500 miles should be 750 to 1100. Yeah. More for distance. And closed should be about double that. Yeah, and that's it's about what you're getting. And so mm -hmm. what you're getting is you're just getting a known quantity here yeah. where you know what you're going to deal with. And so I think that's actually super important. I'm really excited about that. And that's going to be, it's been so helpful with like, just like, it's another reason to sell people, on BAT. More people have been bidding because of that. Because they're like, cool, I don't deal with that. Like, yeah. Screw yeah. calling them bottoms. I mean, <laughs> it, typically, don't get like deals on bringing a trailer, but like the, the car, so, some cars, like people don't want to deal with. I was, the black I was actually talking. I think I, was talking, I can't remember. I was talking to Reese or Chad or a second somebody about this, about how like people pay like bananas prices on bringing a trailer. It's like, yeah, because you're getting a curated car where you know everything that's being said about it is factual. The commenters found all the stuff that's wrong. Yeah, with it, like you're so. getting a known quantity, whereas like. When you look at, like, say, yeah, you can buy a 90 Toyota Supra, like a 7M Supra, mm -hmm. for, you know, nine grand on mm -hmm. Craigslist. But you're also getting questionable photos. You're getting no service records. You're getting no Carfax. You don't have any shipping. Like, you really don't you're know You're not what... getting 15 devoted owners picking it apart in the yeah. comments. Exactly. And so... You can buy a hearse off of Craigslist from the funeral home, or you can go to Bring a Trailer and buy a funeral party bus. Yeah, exactly. I didn't realize that was on Craigslist. I'm guessing Bring a Trailer will not ship a card that's not listed on the site. No, they will not. <laughs> but, um... So the thing is... They're just my homies. <laughs> Maybe. Might so... Yeah. With um, it's for Dana. Yeah, well, at least, at least you know the company that you can ship yeah. through. So, but um, what's like what you get with Brain Trailer is you get every single question mm -hmm. about the quality of the vehicle is answered. Mm -hmm. So what you're getting is you're getting the best possible version of that car. Mm -hmm. And if there are issues, you know what the issues are. And, and, and not only that, exactly. Yeah, it's your time and cost because mm -hmm. you look at the the Montero story. Yeah, like, seriously. If you bought that on Bring Trailer, none of that would have happened, mm -hmm. and you would have paid more for the vehicle up front, but you would have paid way less in the long yeah, run. Yeah, and that's that's the thing is like Taylor like had like like anybody else would have had their life ruined over that over that transaction. Taylor, yeah, he handled it really well. Yeah. But like most people, they would have had to abandon the vehicle. Yeah, like, yeah. and so that's the thing is like and so like when people are like, why did this? 93 EG Civic sell for $18,000, which actually happened yesterday, as I had a 93 EG Civic Si sell for $18,000. My hopes of getting a nice EM1 are pretty much gone. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> really, you should have bought it's Reese's. It's fine. <laughs> but, um, so it's one of those things where it's like, 
why did that sell for eighteen thousand dollars? That's totally a ten thousand dollar car. And you're like, yeah, you're right because you know what? Every ten thousand dollar EG Civic Si that you've ever seen, as soon as you pull up that carpet, there's five different wiring harnesses that have all been spliced together. You know that every speaker is blown out. You know the car's been stolen six times. If it's yellow, it's been on fire. Yeah, you, well, that's only EFs. But, <laughs> no, uh, no, I'm going to say it's any yellow Honda. Yeah, it, it, luckily they stopped doing yellow <laughs> after that. Um, <laughs> but, like, so this thing is like, yeah, $18,000 on branch trailer makes sense. Because every possible question that you could ever have has been answered. Mm -hmm. And if the reason I don't buy Hondas anymore is I have so many questions about mm -hmm. the quality of the car. Yep. And, and it's it's rare to find a seller that's willing to go through answering those oh questions God, independently. People are the worst people. That's why, yeah, I will totally take ten thousand dollars off of the price I'd pay for this car. That's because why I bought the Honda. Accords from not Honda people. Yeah, I've every car, every Honda yeah. I've bought has been like a shitbox that from not a Honda person that I know the quantity of, and it's like with this Accord, if it gets stolen, it's that I have, it, it's probably gonna be like i'll get more money than i have into it like it'll be fine sure and so yeah bring a trailer like you get your money's worth and this is just adding more to that value that you get from bring a trailer i was gonna say I, i'm confident that they will ex extend their formidable you know record of making sure everything is copacetic with yeah. the shipping but very excited for the first like six months of shipping feedback yeah. to see if anyone's talking about these drivers extorting them because yeah, it is unbelievably common. Oh yeah, all the time. Yeah. Yeah, that's why when Ryan showed me this tire, so I was like, oh my god, where is it? And he goes, it's in Portland. Just you know, it. Darren can get it. And I go, Darren lives in Washington. Same thing. Close enough. It's yeah. close that's enough, like Wisconsin but it's still like I don't. I don't. Car know people why. don't care about that. Yeah. Fine. Darren would just be excited to drive a hearse. If he'd somebody be so excited, that make us you you would probably be able to pay him or he'd yeah. pay you to let him drive the car back for you. If, like he'd be so thrilled. Like imagine if a car friend in the, on the West Coast found something in like Eau Claire. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, oh, dude, it's right by you. I'm like, that's cool. If you need me to grab it, let's work out the yeah, details. Yeah, like if Darren <clears throat> wanted something True, from Wisconsin, I would, I would totally drive it for him. It's like, hey, yeah. like, and so, like it's one of those things. Like if it's if it's an exciting enough car, like if Darren yeah. finds. Like a really, really great second generation Prelude SI. I would absolutely pay the gas to drive that to Portland for him. Why? Because that's basically a vacation and an experience <laughs> that I get. And then I don't have to deal with the car. Like, yep. it's perfect. Like, <laughs> I will totally pay for the gas. Of all world. Yeah. What if he is like a work trip or something where like I can't get the car and I would have to ship it? I'm terrified of shipping vehicles because, oh yeah it's like, awful yeah. yeah well even when i worked I, I, at dealerships i would like if we had to ship a car out of state we would ship it to a sister dealership yeah because we wanted to deal with our internal shipping as opposed oh, to 100%. getting one of these sketchy assholes and I know you you drove all the time for dealerships because oh yeah i would dri I'd drive to with. council bluffs iowa which is nebraska I'd have to do that in a day and come back. It's it's amazing what you can do in a day and come back. Mm -hmm. I think I went to Tennessee to get a non-running car and was back in 24 hours. <laughs> I want to go to Tennessee because it's of beautiful. the fake Parthenon and uh, I didn't see uh, that. the the the, uh, the, the, the pyramid of base base pro shop bass pro shops the the bass pro shop pyramid and and they <laughs> they also have Tennessee hot chicken. Yeah. So anyway, we are let's move on the, to the, the last rails. story. <laughs> Since we're not on car topic anymore, I want to talk about a not car thing, but it's so cool. This is my favorite thing I want to talk about today. Oh, Mercury man. Marine is bringing out a 7.3 liter V12 outboard. Yes. I love that. That makes That's 600 horsepower. So dumb, and I love that. 
Oh, so you're gonna dumb. get this and then uh, keep it at your so Wait a minute. I think your dad's pontoon needs an engine. I think so. And like <laughs> I, I read through this entire thing. You guys know how much I hate reading. Yes. I read through this entire thing. So the reason why they did this is it's actually genius. It's really for multi outboard, super high end Boston whalers and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm. Where the additional drag of a third lower unit from a V eight, a third yeah. engine, is significantly cutting down the top speed and the fuel efficiency. Mm -hmm. So they've found that if you put a bigger single power plant, and this actually has a two-speed transmission in the lower unit. Okay. So they're able to tune the propellers for very high speed, and they're able to use the torque from both gears to get high speed and good hole shot, which is super, super cool. cool. Also, the bottom third of the engine is the only part that steers. Those top parts don't move even if you're at full oh, lock because really cool. the engines are so wide you can't. Oh, I love this so much. <laughs> so anyway, like I said, it's 600 horse. It's rated for 200 hours between oil changes and 1,000 hours between um, you know, cover-off services. They're doing a 500-horse detuned version for you know higher maintenance requirement stuff. And then in about two years, they're doing a 750-horse supercharged version. This is really cool. Uh, I, it, it is so rad. It's a 7... Oh, sorry. It's a 7.6-liter V12. It's so cool. I love that. I just want to see the naked engine, but yeah, only this way bottom portion here actually steers. I love that it sticks just upright. It, like, that's one of my favorite things. And you know the packaging is like, you, you can't get it tighter than that. <laughs> God, that's so cool. <clears throat> but yeah, I love that. They said it's a 20% fuel efficiency boost over triple V8s. Yeah, your dad absolutely needs a new engine in the pontoon. Yeah, I, I, I could not find a, a listed weight for this, so it might sink the 18-foot premiere, but it'd be okay. worth it. How I, I, I need to know what Take the weight is. Take some helium balloons to it. It'll be uh, fine. I, yeah. A dirigible, I think, is probably what you would need. Yeah. Ooh, uh, put that on an airship. Oh, yeah. Just modify the screws a little bit, but yeah. just like... And they they at least mentioned the original 100-horse Tower of Power. They need to bring the moniker back to this, because it's a Twin Towers yes. of Power. Oh, my God. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> that, that, that'd be Maybe hilarious. Oh, my God. Oh, I would. I know the livery I'd have on my boat. No. Oh no! Right. <laughs> I would have Obi Wan. I call Kenobi. my boat inside job. No, I'd have Obi Wan Kenobi. Oh. At, at the front of it, and at the back, I'd, I'd actually like vinyl wrap the engine covers to look like the twin towers. And the name of the boat would be "These blasts are too accurate for sand people." <laughs> That'd be great. That's too many syllables. It'd be hilarious. It's a boat name. It doesn't matter. That's hilarious. I think Inside Job is a better boat yeah. name. Inside Job is a great one. Yeah, I just keep just every single George name. Bush's face on oh the my side. god, that'd be so funny. Ah. Anyway, so we That's got political on the last paintings. story, but this. I adore this engine. I've always been fascinated by like V6, V8 outboards, the straight six. It goes zoom, it car. This this must cost sixty or seventy thousand dollars each. I Worth mean, it. there's just no way it doesn't. For each tower. Fair. Yes. <laughs> For yeah, each this tower. has to be called the Tower of Power. Uh, <laughs> like, this is great. Yes, I just like. They were comparing it just over and over again to the Yamaha V8s, and they're like, it's like, Ooh. yeah, they're just like laying pipe on them, so. I love this. This is great. So anyway, I'm sorry. I know it's not car related, but it's, it, it's it goes close enough. Car. It's a V12. God, it's really rad. And it sticks on the back of a boat. And you know people are only buying these in multiple quantities. Perfect. <laughs> I hate being poor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm anyway. Bye. We'll I'm see you guys next my, week. My next vaccine. Bye.